Hello and welcome to Witchy Wellness Radio. I'm your host, Lauren Chalantani, women's holistic health coach and fellow recovering perfectionist. This podcast was created to show you that your body is not in the way, it is actually leading your way. Hello, hello, welcome back to Witchy Wellness. You are listening to episode 140, Room on Fire with Scott Sunderland. But before we jump into today's amazing episode, a word from our sponsor, Living the Good Life Naturally Magnesium. This is my go-to brand for transdermal or on-the-skin magnesium supplementation. Transdermally is the easiest way and most effective way you can absorb the magnesium into your body. Things like your stress level, your diet, and so many other factors go into your magnesium burn rate. If you want to learn more about this, listen to episode 73 of Witchy Wellness Radio and make sure to go to Living the Good Life Naturally's website in the show notes and use code Witchy, W-I-C-T-H-Y, for 10% off of your purchase. And without further ado, please enjoy episode 140, Room on Fire with Scott Sunderland. Hello, everybody, and welcome back to Witchy Wellness Radio. This is a show you learn how your body and emotions are not in your way, but actually leading the way. And today we have the Scott Sutherland found himself going through a 35-year-old athletic father, husband, and business owner to lying on a hospital bed, unable to move. Using his visualization techniques for over a course of a year, Scott was able to heal himself But however, old limiting beliefs, past traumas, and disempowering mental habits came back to haunt him back in 2012. He watched his best friend drown in front of his eyes. Blaming himself, he was broken once again. Standing in a room, room on fire, Scott was faced with running through those flames to end up to the empowered life that he lives today. He shows others how to run through their own flames and to find freedom from their own minds and limitations to limitations in order to live a life of passion and purpose. That is quite the intro, Mr. Scott. Welcome to the show today. Well, thank you for having me, Lauren. I'm very excited to be here. Yeah, I'm excited to have you on here as well. We had your lovely wife on few episodes ago, M. Hollis. She was such it was an amazing episode. I'll link that in the show notes. But I was excited to have you on because you're just as equally as amazing person. I and, think I'm better than her. Uh, <laughs> I think I am better than her. So we may have to have a, a judgment at the yes. end of both to see who ranks higher. I'll be honest, she'll, she'll probably rank higher because she looks better. So. Well, yeah, I mean, yeah, and this is witchy wellness. We're both witchy ladies, M and I. So, yeah, like, it yeah. might be more of her audience. You know, that might be just give her a little heads up. But it's fine. Oh, I have so, to bring it. I really have yeah. to step up to the plate and give you the best that I have. So, I'm ready to go. Let's go. Let's go. So, I mean, I would love to hear. We 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 got just just the very cliff notes of your own transformational journey. How did you get to doing the work today? I mean, you've, you've written a book. You, 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 you are launching multiple courses to help transform people's lives, including the Healing Blueprint. I would love to hear. I think it's so empowering for people to hear, you know, 
the before, middle, and after. And it's it, it's a continual process, as you and I both oh. know. It's not just yeah. we're getting we're healed, no. we're done, we're baked. No. You know, time it's to come out that. of that. <laughs> That's for sure. The mind keeps the habit very alive. Yes. So yeah, I mean, uh, wow. Thank thank you so much again for having me here in, in the intro. Um, yeah, I mean, I was well as a young boy. Well, you know, I had just like everybody else, you know, you, you have the moments in your life that leave the most impact. And I have really, I really came to doing what I do um, from one simple realization. So here I am laying in a bed, unable to move in a hospital room alone, body does not want to respond to my mind at all. And I had this realization. I started to think like, okay, how could this happen? <laughs> how can this possibly be? I mean, just a week ago, you know, I'm throwing a baseball and, and now here I am. And I real, and I started to kind of go backwards the timeline, you know, connecting the dots as Steve Jobs says, which I absolutely love. And I was thinking, you know, of one, one moment of, I created this. It was like this thing. I know I asked for this. I wanted this because just four months before, um, I owned the construction company, still do. And I remember being on a job site and I was just so overstressed. I was working 18 hours a day. I couldn't eat. Uh, people were screaming at me. I had deadlines that I, I was not making and all the things. They're not going to pay me. They're not going to give me work again. You know, it's over. And all I thought was, you know what? I, I just want to go home because I was on the road and I just want to go to bed and I want all this to go away. And here I am laying in this hospital bed and it was all literally going away. And I realized, you know what? You asked for this. You, you, you got the bonus plan, <laughs> you know, but you asked for it. And if we tied this knot, then we can untie it. And I really, really believe that. If, if I tied the knot, I can untie it. And I just really kept thinking that, like, this is a temporary thing just keep going as hard as it was. And it was, you know, there was, there's the dark, you know, the dark nights, dark days, dark weeks, dark months. Um, but that is what I took out of most of that was just that simple fact. And why I do what I do with, with people who are, you know, in that room on fire um, is to tell them, look, you're going to have to run through those flames. You're going to have to, you're going to have to be great. You're going to have to be great. And it's time because all that time I laid in that bed, I kept thinking, watching people coming in and out of my room, you know, my, my father, my brother, my, you know, just, and I kept thinking, what is it that they have that I no longer have, but I was once connected to, but they just walk in and they make it seem so easy. And, you know, to hell with them because they just don't get it. I want to do what they're doing. I could do it better than they're doing it. And now I can at all. So what is that in me? 
What am I disconnected from? And that really was an eye-opening question for me because I realized that it wasn't Scott. It wasn't. It wasn't who I thought I was. So that's when I, be, I started on the journey of finding out who I really am. And honestly, that's what I help people do. I help people remember who they are because we are not this character. We are not, you know, this ego. We're so much bigger than that. And it's time. And I think in this world today, which we see, it really is time for people to understand the power that not lives in them, the power that they are, the strength that they are, the God, the God, the miracle that they are. So here we are. Here, here we, we are. are. Here we are. Beautiful. Yeah, you talked about, you know, finding out who you really are. And when we're in that room on fire, it feels like we are just those triggers or we're those limiting beliefs. And it can feel very overwhelming of where to start. Oh, oh. yeah. That, that, that's the one. I mean, but here's the, here's the thing that I know. And, and literally having conversations with hundreds, if, if not thousands of people of. There's varying degrees of the room on fire. There could be a little trash can in the corner with a fire in it where you're walking around the room. No problem. You know life really goes on. Yeah, there's a fire over there, but you know, it's not really affecting me so, so much. There's that person. And then there's the person where the flames are right up to their face and the room is more fire than it is room. And you really don't have anywhere to move. You know, you're backed into a corner and you're thinking, this is it. It's over for me. And that, in that moment, that's where we, we see some of the greatest results is because people, they don't have any choice but to run through the flames. The thing that they don't know is there is a door on the other side of those flames. I found that door. Many have found that door. And that door is the, is, is the door to greatness, to, to, to living a life that you live it. It doesn't live you. That life doesn't live you. You live it. You decide. You get to decide. We think we are just reactionary. Events in our life happen, and then we feel. We're driving down the highway, we're late for a meeting, and all of a sudden, brake lights. Traffic stops, you stop, and then you're sitting there thinking, I'm going to be late. And, and you know what? My boss has been really short with me lately and, and, and mean, and this is a really big meeting for the company, and if I'm late, he is going to be angry. He might, he might even fire me. Well, you know what? I don't know if I like my job anyway. And I definitely don't like him. And this story starts in our mind and, and it carries us in a place. It was just brake lights. But we have already projected what is going to happen. Pretty soon, I quit. I don't know where the money's going to come from to pay my rent, my mortgage. What am I going to do for the rest of my life? I've made a huge mistake all because of brake lights. When the actual reality may be, it wasn't, it wasn't the brake lights that started it. It was actually the thought. The thought starts the events. 
And that really is the job of the mind. It is to take stimulus, the, the events, the emotions that we are addicted to, the feelings that we felt in our first seven years of our life. And if you're that little girl who hid under the blanket because mom and dad were fighting, petrified and scared to death, you never really came out from underneath the blanket. You're still feeling those feelings. And why, are you, why would you do that? Because they are ingrained in your body. And that's how the mind works. It simply creates those feelings that you are attached to, the habit. Those feelings create the events in our life because most people, I think in today's world, well, I won't say most people, it's a limited few, I guess that really do believe that you create your reality. With all the science that we have seen, with the, with the actual you know, science of the brain to really study how the brain works, it really is a simple machine. Its job is to get the body to feel. That's it, good or bad, doesn't make a difference. Whatever's gonna hit the hardest, it's gonna use that. So the mind is, is like the, the king of the boardroom the CEO of the company, you being the company. And the mind just has its project managers up along the side of the desk. It has lack, it has unworthiness, it has unhappiness, it has, you know, alone, it has shame, it has guilt, it has all the project managers. And the project managers say, oh, listen, we got her now. We got her. She's on a pattern. Guilt's her thing. I'm just going to keep creating events because, listen, I got to be honest, she's really simple. So can we leave the meeting and go golfing now? Is our job done here? You know, and until we unseat those project managers with love and with joy and with happiness and bliss and just even having fun and laughter, though they will never be unseated. But we first have to understand that this is how it operates. When we know we have, that's how it operates, it then gives us the strength, the power, the knowledge to say, I have a choice. I have a choice. Now I can decide which life is it that I want to live. That's where power is. That's the power. That's the strength. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's... And that's why, honestly, why the tagline for this show, almost four years ago, I created a show with that tagline in mind, is your body and emotions are not in the way, they're leading the way. They are leading the way. Yet just because those project managers know how to get you on repeat in those patterns, but they are that opportunity, they are inviting you to that door in that fired room of fire to walk through. And, you know, all the people we have on here say it in a little bit different way. And, but we're all talking about learning to retrain your body, retrain your brain, and really create a life that you love, that you deserve. And it's not some, and I always preface this way, we, we, it's never some end goal. There's always, you get, there'll be more of everything, if you will. (laughs) Oh, it, it's a, it's a 500 mile walk. Yes. And, and, and the end of the walk is your candle gets snuffed out. There is no destination. It, it's just enjoying the ride. Yes. And now you can take a highway that goes through the cities 
with, you know, people giving you the finger and cutting you off, or you can take the back roads and see the most beautiful scenery. And it really is the choice of one of those two. And to know that, oh, what do you mean? There's another way that I can go another way. And for sure, you know, there is that. And it, it, it really is this understanding now, especially now, especially with everything that's going on, is maybe this is all happening for me. You know, when, when I was laying there and I thought, you know, oh my God, what went wrong? You know, and not really knowing what it was. That was, that was a big thing, but probably the greatest blessing I ever got was a non-diagnosis for two weeks. So the first, the first week, first couple of days, I was in a hospital and I, you know, I had this neurologist walking in and out of my room. Like it was just, just incessant. And he would look at me and then he would walk out. <laughs> and then 10 minutes later, he would come in, stare at me and then walk out. And finally I'm like, yo, hey, I'm right here. You know, I, I don't know, you gotta tell me right now. I wanna know, what are you thinking? Now, I, I couldn't really talk that great, but I got the words out. And he said, he just stared at me and he said, I think you have a very serious, fast moving form of MS. And I, I remember, as soon as he said it, to this day, I just remember that moment. And I said, I'm done. I'm not gonna live that life. I have a friend that has MS and I'm not gonna live that life. And then that was it and he says, well, I can't do a thing for you here. So you're gonna have to leave. And I got, you know, shipped to Jefferson Hospital, one of the you know best hospitals in, in the country. And I arrived there at one o'clock in the morning on a Sunday. And this doctor who I thought was, you know, this 12 year old woman, I swear she was like, I, I'm like, are you, are you kidding? You're wearing a lab coat. I don't know who, you, you must be like 10. And she said, you have, you have Guillain-Barre. It's an autoimmune disease and we treat it like the cold here. You will walk out of here. And that was it. That was it. Okay. I'm a believer now. So I just have to bide my time. But going through all those things, I realized that being in that room on fire then, it really was waking me up. And it was, I understood that my mind and my body just said, all right, we're done with you. We're done. We, we've tried to give you all the signs. We've, we've tried to, you know, just pepper in all the things that you should be listening to us for. And you just refuse. You just keep going down the same beaten path of beating yourself up, feeling guilt, feeling shame, caring what everybody else thinks. And we're just done. And it's, we, we just turned the lights off for a while have fun, figure it out, let us know when you're ready. And that's really kind of what happened. And I, and I accepted the challenge and I sat there and I did it. And, you know, coming out of that, I realized, oh my God, what a great gift I had, you know, to actually be what it feels like to be unable to eat, to be able to feed yourself, to be unable to talk, to be able to not be able to move your fingers you know, the smallest little things that we take for granted. And I really thought, my God, I, I now know what it's like 
for somebody to go through this. And then, as you said in, in the intro, you know, life bloomed again for me after that. You know, I walked out in, in a walker, but I walked out and that was a big deal for me and went back to a life and, and, and really started to rebuild everything. But, uh oh, <laughs> I cleared that garden, but the weeds, the roots were still there. And it was those old feelings, those old thoughts, those old emotions of shame and guilt and judgment, all those were still inside my body. And there I was, you know, 10 years later, standing on a beach, helpless, watching somebody that I loved, admired, called my brother, take his last breath. And it was my fault. It was my fault. And I knew he was gone. I watched it. I watched the whole thing. I saw him. I saw the tragedy of it. I saw that part. But there was also something I felt, and I felt he went home. I just saw it. It was beautiful. It really was a beautiful thing to watch. As hard as it was to see it that way, because our mind says, no, this is all wrong. I saw it differently. I really did. I felt it differently. I didn't see it differently. I felt it differently. And then I said, okay, now, now, this ends today. This ends. I sat there on the beach the next couple of days talking to him, talking to him. And I said, dude, I'm going to be great. I'm going to be great. I am going to find out what this thing is. And I owe it to you as much as I owe it to myself. And I'm going to find it. And I'm going to be great. I'm going to be happy. I'm going to make a difference. I promise you, I will help one person. If I can do that, we're good. We're good. And I left that beach. And honestly, in, 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 the, in the weeks, months, years after, I had to leave a life. And it really was a choice for me. Not an easy one. Not an easy one at all. But when I made that choice to be great, my life became great. It really just was that simple. It was hard to see it when you're starting it. It's hard to see down the roads because there's a lot of turns. There's a lot of hills. There's a lot of things, right? So it was really hard, but man, when I got up to the top of those hills and I got to see where I came from, I was like, all right, okay, we're doing something here. And now that, that is my life, is, is to really watch people find who, who they've been all along. They just forgot. Yeah, and it, it, and it starts... So many beautiful transformations, whether it's physical healing or like creating a new life, relationships, money, health, whatever it is. And even in my own life, there's this, this, this decoration of putting your, you know, your staff in the ground, drawing a line and saying, this is it. You know, you don't have to have it figured out at that point, but it's that power of that decision that's greater 
than the power of those emotions. And you have to keep going back to that as your, as your, your journey. Um, how, how can you, you know, shift into that space? Cause I really think that that's important for ha- having that moment of not clarity, but that decision, just, just like you were in the hospital and, and you found out, all right, this is it. I'm going to be able to walk out of here. Like, you know, it, it, that in, in itself is the power of the mind. It's like, I don't know how it's going to happen. I'm going to kind of surrender into that unknown of it, if you will, but it's happening. It's already here. Yeah. I guess the question to that honestly is how many times does that show up and we ignore it? Ooh, yeah. Right. Right. Because I know for me that came so many times and I just didn't listen to that voice. And, you know, part of, part of what I do is, is help people develop that voice because it's always been there, you know, I love, I love how Jim Carrey puts it. We are just characters. You know, we're characters in a play. You, you, I am not Scott. You are not Lauren. You just, you think you are, you know, you, you, I think I'm in this body. I think this is who I am, but, oh, I'm just the universe. So when we are just literally in a play and we think that this person that we're playing is, is this is who we really are, but we're just really good actors. We're just really, really good to the point where we forgot, we, we forgot. <laughs> so we become this character. We become this person, you know, name Lauren. We become this person named Scott. And, and this guy has this life and he's, he, he has a great life. And then all of a sudden, you know, the lights go out and he lays in a bed. Oh, wow, that's an amazing story. I love that story. Yeah, tell me more. Oh, it gets better. It gets better. You know, he goes back into his life. He heals himself. He learns to walk again. He, do- he learns to run and ski again. He skis again. I mean, it's the hero story. I mean, my God, wow, this is amazing. I love this story. Oh, but it's not over. It's not over. It, the old thing comes back, right? Right? It all comes back. And then it all gets swept under. His life gets just literally ripped away when he watched somebody he loved drown in front of him. And now what does he do? What does he do? Does he just fall down and let the flames eat him? Or does he run through the flames and find love again, find himself? Oh my God, I love this story. This is an amazing story. All right, I'm going to get in the character and I'm going to become this person. And then you become this person and then you forget. But there's this voice in the audience there's this voice in the audience and it says, all right, dude, there's a guy standing behind you with a knife and you ignore that voice over and over again. Cause it's like, dude, stop, stop telling me that I'm in character. I'm, I'm trying to present this play, this, you know, this drama until one day you turn and you look at the voice and you hear that voice loud and clear. And then you, wake up and you're like, wait a minute, I am not this character. And it is developing that voice, that voice that says, this is not who you are and I can prove it. And that is what led me down this road. That is what led, you know, my wife M down this road. It's led so many down this road. And the people that have gone down that road now, it's a steady stream. And now people are taking notice, you know, they're, they're walking around in the circle and they see these people take this little side road that was first just barely a path, 
you know? And now it's kind of a pretty trampled road because a lot of people are going down this road to find out who they are. And now people are waking up and they're saying, where are they going? Where are they going? I want to be a part of that. Do I want to be a part of that? Can you have one of those people come back and tell me, is it worth it? Oh, they're not coming back. They don't come back. There's nothing to come back to. They realize that. So. Yeah. And through all of that, I know you and M, myself included, you find your higher purpose. You find your purpose through all of this. And that's why I created the show was to, to, that was part of my purpose and to help showcase and spread the purpose and voice of all these other people on taking that divergent path, if you will, yeah. and aren't, aren't coming back because I have just by listening to podcasts and reading books and actually following up with what resonated with me, following up and listening to that voice completely changed my life, mm-hmm. completely changed my life. Um, you know, I, I was listening to a podcast when I was in a previous relationship and I had these little, little thoughts about, oh, maybe this is not a good fit. Maybe this is a little emotionally abusive. Maybe this is a little narcissistic. As I'm thinking that the whole, whole podcast, first time I ever heard about narcissist blaring straight at me, all of the signs. And I was like, no, 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 not that, not that. But I pushed it down, pushed it down. And that was part of my process of waking up was realizing that. And that was just the tip of the iceberg, right? It's like, it's a, yes, I took responsibility for being, being okay and being there. But what were those underlying feelings? Like you were talking about the actual roots of the problem and following through. So when I listen to a podcast or read a book, I follow through. If something resonates with me, you follow through and, and just, and if this resonates with you guys follow through, make sure you share it to somebody too. If you think of somebody that's equally as important, Oh yeah. but, but you never know just your own healing journey. Yes. It's for your part in this role and this play you're playing, but you never know that ripple effect because nine times out of 10, if not a hundred percent, if I'm being honest, you will find a higher purpose and oh, it yeah. will be helping other people in a heart-centered way that maybe you've never even thought of or known before. Yeah. It, it, it's, it really is so true. And, and, you know, when you, that podcast that you listened to, it was that voice. It was that voice in the audience saying, Lauren, I'm over here. Now, listen, I'm going to put this in front of you and I, and I got to get it into your head of yours. I got to get this into the head of yours to help you remember who you are. You are not just character. So here, and please listen, please listen. And you listen to that. Mine wasn't exactly that easy in the beginning, right? Because I'm a rebel, I'm trouble. And my mind just said to my body, well, listen guys, he's just not getting it. So that's it, I've had enough. Pull the cord, pull the cord. Let's see how he does. And it, it really can be one or the other. And I think a lot of people, you know, you asked before, I think a lot of people respond better when that room is, they don't have a choice. They have to. And that room on fire for them is cancer. It's MS. It's, it's that diagnosis of, sir, you have three months to live. Get your affairs in order because it's over. And it is that moment that 
you have a decision to make. Most will believe the voice that's in front of them saying you have three months to live, right? But they don't realize that that really is a choice for them. They can listen to that voice or they can listen to something else, or they at least have the idea, the knowledge that this other voice exists that says, no, no, I don't believe that. You know, there was, uh, it reminds me of a, of a story of a, this is a documented, actually documented case where there was a guy who, simple guy, I think he was a farmer or something, never went to the doctor, really wasn't feeling really well at all. And then finally he decides to go and he goes to the doctor and the doctor does an examination on him. They sit down and he says, sir, I'm really sorry to tell you, but you have cancer. And this cancer is so far progressed in your body that you literally have three months to live. And the guy just nodded his head and he said, okay. And he got up and he left and he went home, got his affairs in order. Almost three months to the day, he dies. They do the autopsy and they realized he never had cancer. So did he die of cancer or did he die of the thought of cancer? So going back to the brake lights and understanding, and this, this is such a big shift for people and I get it. And if you don't, it doesn't resonate at first, keep playing with it. We are a storage facility for trapped emotions, for old emotions when we were that little kid, you know, the little girl hiding underneath the covers. And the, and the emotion that we trapped then creates events in our lives so we can then feel those emotions because it's just how it works in the boardroom. You know, I have these emotions at my fingertips, says the mind. And then it goes to its project managers, guilt, shame, all of those. Give me events to bring these feelings up because that is creating your reality. And it's a perfect example, that story of that man, because he just created his reality regardless of a condition. So if our minds, you know, if, if we train our minds, the, the one thing that, you know, I, I, you had mentioned in the beginning, I am just launching my new course, which I'm just so passionate about understanding myself how this works. And I have interviewed hundreds of people on their condition. It could be cancer, MS, it could be Crohn's, it could be anxiety, you know, all spectrum. It could be lack, not having enough. It could be not having their person or always, you know, always attracting the same man. Why do I always attract these guys? Because you're addicted to them. You just don't know it. You're addicted to that. And in these conversations and really understanding what, how people get trapped, it kind of was like, I got it. I'll create a blueprint. Now, by trade, my day job, so to speak, not so much anymore, but my day job for 35, 40 years was building. It started with building skateboard ramps when I was a kid and forts tree houses to now, you know, 10 story buildings to, you know, building supermarkets and restaurants and, you know, stores, Victoria's Secret, Neiman Marcus, Express, oh, name it, I built it, McDonald's, Taco Bell's, I built them all. 
And the one thing I knew is this is what a blueprint is. So we're going to take this flat piece of paper and we're going to create something visual 3D that we can tactile. We can touch it. We can go into it. So if I can do that, then what if I create a blueprint for healing? And the bottom of the whole thing, the, the, the end result is you are not trying to heal the condition. The condition has been trying to heal you. You have just been reading it the wrong way. And I really do believe that now with science, as much as we are finding out about how our, the mind-body connection works, how simple this thing is between our ears, that we can literally do that. And it's not because you know what people do. I'm going to focus on healing, especially in this work. I'm, I am going to heal myself. This guy, Scott Sunderland, did it not once, twice. I didn't do it the way they thought. They, they think it's done. I didn't sit there and meditate 24 hours. You know what I did? I stared at a picture on a wall of six months before standing on a mountain in Utah skiing. And I stared at that picture because that was my little getaway. That was my little relief from this body that I am stuck in that is saying, not today. Not happening today, dude. You're not getting up. We're just going to lay here and we're just going to let it all happen. But nothing's going to happen. You're a prisoner. And I would just still stare at that picture and I would recreate it in my mind and feel what it felt like to be. And I got really good. I would stare at it for five seconds. I would close my eyes for 15 and I would see it. I would see the trees and months of doing this, you get pretty damn good. And then 10 years later, I was standing back on that mountain. And at the bottom of the lift, I realized it. Oh my God, this is the moment. I've been waiting for this moment. I, I have lived this moment and I am going and the tears start coming. And it was a four person chair. And my son, I'm, I'm on the one side, my son's on the other side because he cannot get far enough away from me, father sons, right? And I have these two women in between and they see me crying. And they're like, are you okay? And I tell them the story. And by the time we get to the top, I have them saying, no, we're you get over there. We're going to take this picture. And they're screwed. Now they know my son's whole story. They know his name. Jet, get in that picture right now. You know what your father went through for this moment. You know, and it was, it was that moment of coming home really coming home and, and, and being great and being great. And we all have that choice. We all have, we just have to see it in the right way. We have to get a new perspective of what healing is. It's not about healing your body. It's taking what your body is telling you and saying, listen, I'm cancer. Come look for me. Come try to fix me. But when you come to me, I'm going to dodge to the side and you're going to find out what really has been the problem all along. It's this feeling, this emotion that has been stuck here for generations. Through DNA, it has gone from your grandmother to your mother to you. And here it is. And it's time. It's your time. It's time for you to dig this and get this out. And it's not going to be simple. It's going to be painful. You're going to have to feel these emotions as they come up and you're not going to have any event to tie them to. It's just going to take you over and you're going to be a two for a week. But on the other side of that two, the bottom of that wave, you are going to climb up 
to the top of it and you're going to be a 10 and you're going to actually get to see what freedom is because you're going to know what the cause of this has been all along. And suddenly the condition doesn't matter anymore. You're just happy. For the last year, I've been working for, with a guy who came into our program. We, we had this program called Beyond Limits. We just took our last client in it and we've had literally over a hundred, maybe 160 people go through this. And this guy came in and we, we, we measure people on a scale of zero to 10, 10 being the best, zero being the worst. And I asked when I was coming out of the hospital, my uh, rehab doctor, who I loved, he, he was my best buddy because I shared my life with him, you know? And I said, okay, all right, tell me, tell me, where, where was I? 10 being the worst, 10 being the worst. Where was I? And I'm expecting a five, and he says eight and a half. And it kind of knocked him back. And I was like, whoa, whoa, eight and a half. What's a nine? Doesn't get out of bed. A nine doesn't get out of bed, Scott. So I, we developed this scale system, you know, very technical, very zero to 10, right? And he came into the course at an average of about a two. I mean, this man lives in a wheelchair, lives in a wheelchair, sleeps in a wheelchair, 20 years diagnosed with MS. And the first one that was the big realization is he came on our live call, which we do every week. It's a group call. And he said, um, you know what? I had a big epiphany. I realized that this is not a physical disease. This is an emotional one. That was, that was win number one. That was big for him. And then to a point of just about a month ago, we do our live call and everybody goes around the horn, as we say, and where are you at? Zero to 10. And our goal is if you come into the program at a two, in about 10 weeks, you're an eight. You don't even know why. You're just an eight, man. You're, you're, you're sailing on top of waves, you know? And he's been through it, you know, all through the course, a lot of letting go, a lot of, you know, releasing. And uh, finally, I, I, Jimmy, where, where are you at? Me? Oh, I'm a 27 and a half. I'm a 27 and a half. He says, you know what I did the other day? I floated in a pool. I floated in a pool. Now, as a person that was once unable to move, a pool is not necessarily your best friend. <laughs> I mean, you know, you sink, you, you know? And when you can't move your body, you know, this reaction starts to happen when suddenly you start to sink. And he says, I floated. I sent my caretaker home one night because I am his, his one big fear was transferring from the wheelchair to the toilet. That, that is a death sentence to somebody who cannot move. And he said, I, I knew I was going to land on the floor. I did. I landed on the floor and I laid there and I thought, okay, so you have decisions to make. What, what is your next step? Now we're on the floor. It hurt a little bit. Sure, it hurt, but we're here. Now, what do we do? And normally he would have never done that. He just would have never tried to transfer by himself. And he said, I realized that, you know, this thing that I had been scared of for 20 years, it was figure outable. I worked right through it. And man, the release, the, the, the freedom that I took from that is this strength of, now, if you can take a man 
that is unable to move and is in a wheelchair pretty much most of his whole life to show up as a 27 and a half? What's your excuse? I mean, I have a bad day. What's my, what's my excuse? You know what I mean? What do you, what do you mean you're out of Oreos? Are you serious? There is no Oreos in this supermarket anywhere. I have a problem. Can you please get the manager? And, and we just, we look for these things to fill us because these events, they trigger that rage. They trigger the anger. They trigger the unworthiness. Oh God, the unworthiness. And that's why the guys always show up because we, 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 don't, we can't love ourselves. How is anybody going to love us? And that, I think that gets used a lot, you know, falling in love with yourself, but it just happened to me. I laid in a floor and in, in Cancun, Mexico, and something happened to me. My heart exploded. And the result was my person showed up right then because I, I found that. And that's really what I think where we are in our society, in, our, in these times, it's not this horrible thing. It's actually the greatest thing. It's forcing us to really look at ourselves. It's forcing us to really take the moment and to say, wow, this is really pretty crazy, all of this. What am I going to do with it? What am I going to do with it? 100%. And and like you said, what, what excuse, what emotions are you addicted to to not be that 27 and a half yep. every single day? Mm-hmm. And it, it just, it, honestly, for me, it takes that awareness of, oh, oh, yeah. it, 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 oh well, that, oh, hi, guilt. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Hi, hi, oh, Shane. Oh, and that's it. You, yeah. you just hit it. Oh, hi, guilt. <laughs> okay. I see what's going on here. <laughs> And at first that reaction is, is, is a lagged reaction. You get pulled right down the rabbit hole. And then, you know, the, you know, we have a joke that the universe is actually two 16 year olds stoned out of their mind and they're just playing with us, you know? All right. I got an idea. I got an idea. Oh, this is great. This is great. This is what we're going to do with Scott. We're going to shut him down. Yes. Yes. Lay in a bed. Oh my God. Let's lay him in a bed for a week. No, no, no. Let's lay him in a bed for months and let's see what he does with it. And if he does good, like a hamster going through a maze, if he does good, we're going to give him a treat. We're going to pat him on the back and we're going to give him something. And maybe that's what it is. You know, these, these two stone kids are just kind of moving us around like chess, like little mice through a maze. Maybe we're the mice in the maze. Right? That's, that is some visualization. I'm over here muted. I was like, couldn't stop laughing for a second. <laughs> oh yeah, there are multiple moments in my life. Like, yeah, that's probably how it happened. Two yep. stone 16 year olds. Yep, came together. Came together. Um, created the universe. Created us all. Yeah, yep. everything and nothing. Um, so we talk a lot about health and wellness here, but also we have we have some business topics as well. And I know you help people. I mean, this is all encompassing. This is all of your, what it is to be human. So how can we incorporate this and, you know, law of attraction, which is also thrown around a lot into our business? Because I know starting a business, whether purpose-driven or not, will bring up a lot of those core emotions that you're addicted to. And we don't realize it. And we're wondering why we're just spinning our wheels. Yep. 
Yeah, I'll tell you what, you know, the, 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 the craziest part of all of this is it doesn't make a difference what the condition is. It doesn't make a, di a, a difference if you are, you never have enough. You never have enough money. You never have enough love. You never have enough health. It's all the same. It's just all the same. And it all ties back to the emotions and the thoughts that you think. And those emotions and the thoughts that you think create the events in your life. It's very, 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 very simple. So if you grew up in a family that, you know, your mom and dad didn't argue and you weren't hiding underneath the covers that, you know, your dad says, well, listen, you have to eat all your food because we don't know where the next meal is going to come from. Or it's, it, it can be that extreme. Now you're going to take that process and you're going to, you know, process that, process that in your mind as we never have enough. You're going to hear his words and make them your own. It's an imprint in the mind. As M loves to say, it is the sled hill. So when you have 12 inches of snow and you want to go sledding, you first have to break the snow down first, right? And it becomes the trough that you then keep riding down. It gets a little wider, a little deeper, definitely harder packed. So it becomes faster. And that's basically what happens in the mind. So you hear that, your father saying that, and you say, oh, we never have enough. And then when he's talking, you know, when he says a million words a day, but whenever he says something that relates to, we don't have enough, oop, your ears perk up. And then somebody else just went down the sled hill. And then, you know, you're at school and your teacher, you hear her saying, yeah, well, I can't afford that. Oh, there you go. Another one went down the hill. And then pretty soon you're going down the hill with, I never have enough. So I've owned a business, you know, several, and I've owned, you know, my construction company for, you know, 35 years. And the thing that I will tell you is when you push against the idea of whatever is holding you back, money being a big one, when you push against money, I have people doing that in my course all the time, but Scott, you don't understand. I don't have it. I said, oh, I know you're, it's not about the money. It's you. You're the problem. You don't want to push against this thing. You have to. This is your first start. And I need you to do this, not so I can get the money, so you can push against it. Because if you can push against this, this fear of spending this money, then we got something. Because now you'll push against all these other fears. Because you're going to realize really quick, wow, I pushed against this and a whole door opened for me. It, not just this person that's teaching me this, that's sitting in front of me, but this community of people that are teaching me this. So wait a minute, I trusted and I, I, got, I got to get onto the field, man. I wasn't just up in the cheap seats, I'm on the field now. So I'm gonna trust more and I'm gonna become more vulnerable and I'm gonna listen, I'm gonna open up. And then suddenly you start having this energy going through your body where you're like kind of a badass. You walk into a supermarket, not like you did before, not cowering, not afraid to ask. Now you're kind of like, sup? How you doing today? You know, you got a swagger. You, your, your shoulders are back. You're, you're kind of leaning forward into people and just saying, hey, you know, come here, man. How you doing today? How you doing? T really tell me, because I got to be honest, I feel great. Look at my new shoes. I got new shoes, right? And that really is kind of a blueprint for becoming a new person.
because we literally can do that. We can become a new person. And again, it doesn't matter if it's MS, cancer, or being broke. The condition doesn't matter. It's all the same ending. It's all the same blueprint. It's all the same of you just have to become somebody else. So if you start in business, and this happens so many times, with that thought process of what your father would say, that sled hill of never having enough, well, you're not off to a great start. You could have the greatest idea, the greatest thing, but what are you waiting for? You're waiting for the shoe to drop. You're waiting for the events to come that says, see, I told you it wouldn't work because this is not us. We are not successful. We never have enough. And the thing my mom would always instill in, into me, and this is a woman who lost everything. She lost every single thing in her life. She lost her kids. She lost her home. She lost her husband. She lost herself. And she was an alcoholic. And when I was three years old, she was put into an asylum. And I watched that woman rebuild her life to the point where at her funeral, people would say, you don't understand who that woman is. She saved me. Her story saved me. And she would always say to me, you will always have enough. It will always show up for you. Always. And sometimes you got to spend in order to receive because that's the way the universe is. It, it's a water wheel. And when you put the water in, the wheel turns. The water's going to go out, but more water's going to come in. It's just the loop. So just know that Money is going to come and go, but it is what turns the wheel. And if you can just get that and understand that it's always going to come, it's like you're this little kid in the ocean with this little bucket and you're holding the bucket. You know how you kind of press the bucket into the water, you know, and, and you want to fill this bucket with water and that water could be, you know, money, success, right? Let's fill this bucket with success, with, with the greatest light. And here you are with an eyedropper. And you're taking a little bit of water, a couple drops, and you're filling this little bucket when all you need to do is push it under the water. We don't know we can do that until we know we can do that. So again, same thing. Conditions don't matter. It's just understanding how the mind works. It's, it's so simple. And just listening to that voice and, and, and having a blueprint to follow that other people have laid out for you. We, there are so many people out there that have done it. Why would you not follow them? Because your mom's gonna tell you it doesn't work. Your stepmother's gonna tell you it doesn't work. Your uncle, your cousin, your, your friend that you went to school with is gonna say, Scott, it's a great idea, but it's not gonna work. Can I just tell you that? So you might as well not even start because you know what happens when you start? They have to. You know what happens when you become successful? Then if they're not, it's possible. So they don't want you to succeed. They don't want you to succeed. But again, that voice of that person is just in your mind. You believe that this person is out there telling you, this isn't going to work for you. But it, when it's really your own self telling you that, that trained habit, that voice inside the head that we listen to every second of every day that tells us, all the things that we're not and all the things, the horrible things that we are.
the guilt, the shame, it just rules the show. That's it. That's it. And mic drop on that. I feel like the whole show was a lot of mic drops, if I'm being honest. But a lot, a lot of mic drops. A lot, lot, yeah. lot of good. Yeah, yeah, like, yeah. Yeah. And I looked at the time and I'm like, oh, crap, we better start wrapping this, this show up. What did I say? I said, you're going to start the weed whacker. You know, but it was a good weed whacker. It was a beautiful I songbird. I have just enough gas <laughs> that, you know... No, wonderful, wonderfully said. Um, was there anything else before we start to close on the show you wanted to wrap up good? No, totally, totally yeah. good. It, it, as as we said, it, right? It goes organic. It goes where it's supposed to go because there's somebody out there that needs to hear this, right? Mm-hmm. I was one of those people one time. You were one of those people one time. That podcast showed up and you listened, right? And it's yeah. the same thing here. Exactly. Well, thank you so much, Scott, for coming on. It was such a pleasure diving into the unknown, but really known. We do, yeah. we we know yeah. that we're big in this. And what, when you were thinking, when you were talking about being actors, I think of Ram Dass has his quote that we're all just God and drag. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I love thinking of it that way too. We're all just God yeah, yeah, and yeah, drag. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I, and I subscribe to that belief. Yes, um, 100%. Well, thank you for showing up today. And we close every show with the same way is how may we, as an act of gratitude, of paying it forward, be of service for you in return today, Scott? Be great. Be 27 great. and a half. 27 and a half. Have the courage to be great. That's Love it. it. Simple, but very powerful. Yep. Thank you so much, Scott, for coming on the show today. Thank you. It was such a pleasure. Thank you again. And remember, open up, surrender, trust, and let your body lead the way.